Hello humans. Hello humans. It's kind of late. It's on the 28th. No, 29th. Um, heading in to do chores. I have to do a lot more chores now because of the whole relocation thing. So, uh, I went out, uh, I stomped around, I looked at places, uh, met some Sasquatch, because it's easier to find Sasquatch, easier to find Bigfoot, uh, than it is to find a um, single level house out here, right? Single story house. And I'm an old guy and I've had a saw go through one of my legs, and right close to the knee, and so it, you know, it aggravates me, right? This was a long, uh, let's see, how many years back? Probably like 20 plus years back that that accident occurred. Anyway, but so it still um, affects me and I don't like stairs very much. Um, it's not that I, they really annoy me, but I don't need them at my age. So uh, I wanted a single story house. We're not able to find one. It's a pain in the ass. The um, market is uh, pretty much shot around here. Uh, people are not listing. Those people that are listing are, are having a hell of a time making sales. Um, there was this house I uh, ran across. Uh, it was like 912,000. Uh, and it... Um, they got an offer on it and then it took like eight months to get it actually to close because what happened was the bank would crap out just at the very last uh, bit of it all, right? And so um, it took them like six weeks or so for the first bank to say, you know, get up to the point where they were going to close like in two weeks. And the bank said, no, you know, you've got to do all this extra shit in order to get financing. And then that deal fell through. And, and so it just, it was still the same buyer after all those months. They still did buy it, uh, but it took them a long time to find a bank that would be uh, willing to finance them. And they ended up, um, I don't know the details of the uh, the entire transaction or anything, uh, but the um, uh, the house ended up selling for uh, only six hundred thousand in debt on it, as opposed to the nine hundred thousand. So was the price reduced or was the loan amount reduced? I don't know how the details worked. I don't know if they paid the guy uh, cash on top of the loan or or how it was all managed. But they had a, they had four uh, regional or major banks. Uh, say, yeah, we'll loan to you. And then they start doing all the paperwork and stuff. And the bank says, uh, no, we don't like that so much. And then you better correct this. And it starts getting really wonky, right? Anyway, so um, I've been out looking at property. There was some, you know, I had this, uh, I got this great uh, real estate agent guy out of um, Thurston County back near Olympia where I used to live. Uh, we've done deals together in the past. He, he came on out here, you know, which is, you know, not inconsiderable. I mean, it takes three to four hours out of his day to do this, uh, you know, travel time and shit. Uh, we came out here, we looked at some property, and it just wasn't suitable. Now, the problem is, where I live, with the criteria I've got, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of land that's for sale. Or there's not a whole lot of land, period. And then, on top of that, there's not a whole lot that's for sale. So anyway, so long story, we went through all of our options, made a big um, a decision tree uh, list thing, went and checked them all, and 
have come back to the, you know, can't avoid it kind of a um, conclusion that I'm going to have to uh, build where I'm at while I'm at it, right? Hey, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Cold as fuck out here. We've got the little snow symbol on all of our electronic devices saying we're going to get snow later. Eh, I don't know that it'll actually snow. It's warming up. Um, but, uh, you know, still in the 30s. Uh, but um, there's clouds everywhere, so maybe we will. Anyway, uh, so I looked at all the land and everything and then decided, okay, the point was basically to build, to fix the house where we're at so that we could come back to it. And, and I, I just had gotten hung up in getting something else in the meantime. My problem is I got giant dogs. Uh, I got science experiments that are going on all the time. And it's not like I can um, uh, go to any place that's got basically any kind of uh, HOA or CCRs on it. Um, so when I was a kid in my 20s, uh, in Olympia, just to tell you how bad of <laughs> sort of of a neighbor I am, um, I got into the satellite business, right? The the satellite uh, uplink downlink link business, and so I was installing satellites. So this is before they were uh, satellite dishes were common. This is when satellite dishes, the small one, was the uh, Ranger Twenty. So it was twenty foot in diameter, made by this company called uh, and had a label on it of Ranger. I used to install these things at, uh, you know, uh, pubs and that, you know, restaurants and that kind of thing, right? For all their CNN connections out in the rural areas, this, this sort of thing where there were not any, any options for uh, cable for the uh, business. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. I really liked tuning in the satellites, you know, looking up at the night sky and doing it all mathematically to get that uh, dish focused at just the right spot to start picking up the satellites and then work out the um, uh, the transfer trail. So, you know, these guys could always have CNN even as one satellite faded and another one came into, um, uh, into position. It was fucking fun. I mean, I like math at that level, right? It's kind of like um, uh, navigation on a boat. That's fucking fun when you're doing sun sights and, and star sights and figuring out where you are and all that kind of stuff and then it works and damn you are there you know anyway so uh um so i wasn't such a good neighbor i'm living in town bear in mind right like literally on a within the city limits of olympia and i needed to do some uh, work on a couple of dishes so i assembled them in my driveway now the ones I was working on were not the puny little 20-footers, okay? So I had a 36-foot, uh, what was the name of that? started with a D, the company. Like, I want to say Davidson, but I'm not sure. Anyway, I had a 36-foot dish up there assembled at one point, and then, you know, which is like a huge kind of a thing for sitting in a driveway. People would slow down. They'd wonder, what the fuck? Now, bear in mind, this is in the... 70s. Okay, there were just not a whole lot of dishes out and about at that time. I'd gotten into this business because I'd gotten a gig um, where I passed the math test uh, to go and work at AT&T. And um, AT&T at that point was recruiting technicians and they'd put you through these uh, series of tests like, like sort of the military would, right? To see what your levels of skills were. And I was good with math. I'd had calculus when I was 15. I liked math. Uh, mostly I can do it in my head 
and so um, so I passed their test and and uh, it was for I can't remember the, the job I was actually applying for but the the AT&T recruiter said we got this new thing coming on and would you be interested and you know a lot of travel you got to go and do shit and I thought well okay and then I saw what the gear was and I said oh sure I'll do that and what it was was setting up and running uh, uplink stations okay so this was before uh, you could take a video and put it on the net and and send it to the cloud over the wires or Wi-Fi or whatever right so in order to get a conference call video conference call um, usually these things were paid for by organizations they'd have like um, you know it'd be like their big convention thing at the end of the year and then they would have all of the satellite offices also get a feed from the um, uh, from headquarters and you would um, uh, have a crowd at your end and a crowd at the other end and and my job was to maintain that feed that allowed the the remote station out here in the in the wilds of Washington to connect to uh, you know uh, Washington DC or New York or you know Philadelphia any of these places where these companies had headquarters and they were running these things and so it was sort of like um, you know, you were the the technician that managed the support for their IT, and it was like a one-off job uh, doing these things. And you'd you'd get this, um, you'd come on up with a semi truck, okay? <laughs> so it was a semi. It was it was in two sections. The um, the actual gun, the the part that actually shot the signal up into space, was in the second half of the trailer. In the first half of the in the first part of the trailer were all of the was all the supporting gear your you know your gen sets all of this kind of stuff uh you know it took all kinds of power you're never sure you're going to have um uh shore power you know um mains power where you were at uh of quantity of the amperage you needed so you always took it with you and you'd set it up you'd you'd crank up this thing it literally looked like a cannon it was about um maybe two feet in diameter and was like uh when it was all extended it was like 30 feet long and it, and it rose up like a cannon barrel. And so you'd go to like um, Tacoma Mall. So one of my first gigs was setting up a satellite relay uh, for uh, a dental association, a major dental association. Not for the dentist, but for the, um, uh, the office, the uh, sales staff and all these kind of people for this, uh, basically a healthcare association. Anyway, um, and you know, you pull on up with a semi, you, you set all your cones and stuff out, and you crank up your um, uh, your satellite gun, and uh, and then that's the really tricky part because then you got to find the satellites. It's in the middle of the day. You got cloud covers. You don't have much in the way of uh, any kind of a uh, reference point, and so you start, you know. Uh, blocking off the compass and start triangulating and so on. Then eventually you get your signal, and it, it's basically, uh, there are guys I knew that were very poor at mathematics per se that did this job, right? Um, they just had a gut feeling for it. Uh, but it, it helped ever so much if you knew where the satellites were and you could calculate on a um, uh, basically a minute by minute basis where they're, they're likely to be in their orbit and then um, go ahead and uh, aim at them, so to speak. Uh, it, it was fun work, right? Uh, but getting back to my point, you know, I had, would have all kinds of crap sitting around my house as I was doing these various kinds of, uh, of work. And then I would, there was always stuff. And so 
so I'm just not HOA friendly and HOAs don't like me and so you know I, I couldn't be a renter because just having my stuff there would violate most of these HOA uh, terms and conditions and stuff. Anyway, so we didn't find any land or any of this stuff, so we're going to have to build where we're at while we're there. Um, that being the case, I'm going to do 100% my own contracting, uh, I'm going to do my own designs. Uh, we contacted an architect to see if we could, you know, leverage some of this and, and get beyond some of the time constraints here by getting professionals involved that do this regularly. And it was like a huge slap in the face. The architect told me it'd be a year and a half before I could get plans uh, out of their company. Um, you know, they'd be good plans, they'd be certified, you know, we'd have everything, all of the, uh, you know, the I's dotted and the T's crossed, that sort of thing. Um, you know, and they'd go through the county and so on, uh, but a year and a half, you know, I'm 70 years old and, and time is a big deal for me, right? Uh, much more so than money. I mean, cryptos are going up. So, you know, we're about ready to hit the next big run once we break 38.89, I think. Anyway, um, uh, so looking all around, and so we, I just made the decision to commit to doing it while we're there, run it myself to uh, be able to work around our particular needs as old people with dogs and me with this, uh, you know, basically screwy-ass activity I'm getting into all the time, um, and, and my wife's medical needs. Um, so, uh, anyway, so, uh, difficult task. I only have really two uh, design issues to deal with. I found a guy who can do my engineering for me, and then I'll just start building. I'm not even sure I'm going to permit these things. Uh, getting permits... Um, requires basically inspections, you know, inspections on electrical, plumbing, framing, roofing, foundation, all of this sort of thing. And I'm perfectly capable of inspecting all those myself. And you get permits so the state can certify that it's a quality house in order to get a loan, okay? They will give you a, um, the state will give you, or the county will give you a, uh, a residence permit once you get your structure up to the point where they figure that you can live in it safely. Uh, I don't need that. I'll know when it's <laughs> safe to walk on the floor, that kind of thing, right? I don't need a loan for this activity, and I don't need insurance for it. I don't need to kowtow to anybody's structure that would force me into the permitting process. And a lot of people out here build unpermitted. So it's an issue when it comes time to sell, but this will be an issue if I go through this and don't run into anything that forces me into the permitting process, then I will just build unpermitted. And it's going to be an issue for whoever has to sell the house, uh, you know, after my death, but it's not an issue for me living there. And so that's the approach we're going to take is, and so my design philosophy is do it my way, make it as easy as possible on us guys, and only do the things I want to do. Um, you know, those things that make sense to me. So, uh, so we're proceeding on that, uh, that level, which is going to really impact a lot of these, these kind of talks and a lot of other activity, uh, going to really restrict my ability to do any kind of interviews because if I've got an hour, I've got to get out and work on, the, you know, do what I can, right? So there's all kinds of cleanup I can do while I'm living there, uh, planning and, you know, measuring and that kind of thing and pre-staking out. 
these sorts of um, issues for the crews that will be coming on in. Uh, first, I've got to do my design. I'm going to do that in FreeCAD and uh, uh, use their uh, building, their BIM, their uh, building information management module to be able to plug in all of the um, elements so that I do have plans that would be able to be submitted to the county and uh, could be certified. And I'm even going to the trouble of, you know, uh, uh, paying for an engineer to, you know, go over them, do all the calcs and, uh, you know, and uh, put their stamp on it and sign it. So, so I am doing everything that would require uh, it being, or that you would need if you were going to be permitted, uh, because I need the plans. I need to be able to say, uh, you know, show them to the, some of the subcontractors and this kind of a deal, right? So they need to be there anyway. Um, and the software FreeCAD is um, interesting. You know, it's a, I know uh, AutoCAD from way back in the day, so it's not that big of a deal conceptually to deal with this software. I just have to learn its um, in and outs as, as I go through. Uh, so anyway, so that's that's our approach to the housing issue. Uh, yesterday, for instance, I started cleaning up on the the stuff that's in the way of uh, my tree guy coming out and taking some trees down where we're going to site this. And then I did all of my uh, things that I can do in advance by you know uh, getting the surveyors and getting the um, uh, you know the soil guy and all these kind of people uh, lined up and, and so on. There's a few subcontractors I don't have yet, uh, but that, you know, I have yet to get to that point where I have a need for them. So, uh, so things are proceeding along. We'll see how fast I can do it. Um, good, to, good to do it paying out of pocket costs as I go along. And I'll keep track of all of this kind of stuff for later. But in any event, um, basically going to double the square footage of the house. Uh, so I'm sort of like building a, um, you know, a smallish 2,000 square foot house to attach to the house I'm, I'm living in and building a three-car garage to um, uh, put onto that as well. <sighs> a lot of fucking work, but we, we just don't have any other choice. Uh, you know, I talked to the Sasquatch and they tell me they can't find single, you know, single story, single family houses. <laughs> so if the Sasquatch can't find it, I never will. Anyway. Um, interesting uh, time we are in now uh, with the splits happening everywhere, right? And so we're starting to see in the alt media more and more of the, quote, serious alt media start talking woo. Um, they're, they're using that term. Uh, they're talking about all of the strange stuff that's going on and trying to fit it into their worldview since everything is just so fucking weird, so strange. Now, uh, the overwoo is going to happen and the, um, the hyper novelty was going to happen regardless of what the, without any regard at all to what the, um, evildoers, um, might be doing. So we were going to get an over, overwoo, even if, um, the communists hadn't been trying to upset everything here and destroy the, um, uh, you know, the alt media and all of this kind of thing. If they weren't even trying to um, disrupt the social order, they are though. So that really contributes to it because they themselves are destroying authority for information. 
And once we have 100% of authority for information destroyed, then we're into uh, hypernovelty, and we'll have to figure out how we're going to deal with it. We're already in the, in the overwoo. Uh, we're into the big ugly. I suspect that 2023 and 2024 are going to be the, the two uh, peak years of the um, uh, die-off wave uh, from the vax. Okay, so we'll see a lot more deaths in 2024 uh, from the vaccinated individuals. And then it'll sort of slowly fade. And this is because fewer and fewer people are getting vaccinated. And uh, those that had are dying off. So, you know, once they're dead, we just, they're not a statistic anymore. They, they won't hit the statistics anymore. And, and that's really the situation that's going on relative to that. So the woo stuff is going to really come out. Uh, as the splits continues to go on. Now we're getting into um, people like uh, Kim.com offering $145,000 for the original video of the um, uh, MH370 uh, plane that was that's missing from Malaysia. What's really interesting about this is who was on board Okay, so not just the plane that's missing, uh, but there was a specific company there that's doing specific high-tech shit, like way high-tech, super-secret shit, and there were 21 of their engineers on that plane. So, hmm, you know, some shit's going on, in my opinion. Somebody wanted to talk to those folk, uh, and so they, they took the plane and made it disappear. Uh, you'll see the videos keep creeping out, creeping out, creeping out, and more and more people talking about it. And at this same period of time, we're going to encounter the uh, militaries of the world, not just the USA military, but Australia, Britain, Russia, every fucking place, less Russia, because they have less uh, people doubting this, right? They're more, they live in the woo a lot deeper than uh, the normies over here. And so, but anyway, so we're going to have militaries all around the fucking planet that will be insisting that A, UFOs are real, and B, there's aliens on the other side of the UFOs, and some of the non-USA military will probably also discuss uh, USA reverse engineering these things, and so they'll, they'll be in the situation of saying, well, UFOs are real, there's space aliens out there. But those Americans also have UFOs, and so don't be confused. And here's the difference between a UFO that's run by the Americans, built by the Americans, and one that's built by the space aliens. Uh, and so they'll have to get into that level of it, because now they've got to overcome uh, 70 years of um, uh, people um, marginalizing UFO reports and, and pushing all that out into the woo. And so as the woo comes sloshing back, the military is going to say, well, people, you need to really pay attention. This is serious stuff, and you got to watch out. And we all have to watch out. We need to make plans, blah, blah, blah. And some of the militaries are going to sort of freak out uh, because they won't get cooperation from the civilian part of their government. And then you'll start seeing fights within the governments over the military's action. Um, in terms of, you know, putting this out that the UFOs are there and getting the populace all whipped up about this shit. Wow, we actually have a little bit of snow on the side of the road. Um, so, 
uh, our our wooness here is going to start um, as far as the splits happen part here over December and January, we're going to see like a firming up, a hardening of position relative to those people that are moving over to the woo and those few hangers on within the mainstream media. And then we'll also see more and more and more of the mainstream media uh, crumbling and um, walking away, right? For whatever reason that they state, which is of course not going to be the real reason, uh, we'll have some major personalities just walk away from their jobs, uh, and you know, of the, as a face for media. And so you'll have a two-tier effect here. You'll have all of the woo guys that will be um, talking about it, examining the ideas here about these people walking away and so on. So they will have a certain amount of coverage in their job after they've left that job. But we'll still be examining uh, who they are, what they did, blah, 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 right? Um, and then we'll also have this other effect where the second tier will come in. And so you'll have your your favorite TV personalities be replaced by second tier. Now, this will also happen in like local news shows, you know, local variety shows, local talk shows. So it's not just national. This is going to go on at all levels. And... Um, when the second tier comes in, that's when you're going to see some really interesting stuff. Because a lot of these guys are uh, less well-trained, less well-mind-controlled. Uh, and so they'll be making mistakes and letting shit out and saying things that the mainstream media would not have said had their first team been in place. So anyway, fascinating uh, December, January. Should be plenty of stuff to talk at your Christmas parties. And by the way, happy Noel to everybody. Uh, you know, that is indeed a good Christmas greeting. Thankfully, we have Noel here stomping around causing problems now. Not necessarily going to be the case next year at this time. Or the year after. Uh, you know, sometime soon we're going to have to deal with these guys. Uh, I don't know how long that process is going to actually take. Uh, there was a great show with um, um, the remote viewer guys on uh, Beyond Mystic um, uh, Rumble yesterday and uh, a live stream. Uh, it went long. They talked not only about the moon and the woo and stuff, but they also got into crypto. And we're just about. So uh, my understanding is that the resistance level uh, for Bitcoin is... Uh, 37,889. All right, so you come up to that, go through it a little bit, then you come down, and so on. Um, I expect that it does have the energy to bust through and hold through as we go forward, like say uh, maybe by the 15th of December or so, somewhere in there. Anyway, so we'll start in on this on the, on the next big bull run. Uh, within the cryptos pretty soon. Maybe it won't be December, but uh, it, we're still looking at something that's going to be fairly uh, close to where we are uh, temporally, right? So a few months out, that kind of a deal. Uh, because of um, this will occur um, not because of the um, the things that are going on within the the market per se not really good and going to occur because people are trying to um, you know 
uh, do trading or any of that sort of thing. This will occur, in my opinion, uh, because we're going to have um, a series of uh, political events that are going to prompt this. Uh, the political events are uh, will involve uh, Israel and Palestine, but they're not going to be driven by that. All right, so we're going to get a um, uh, less tightly focused. Um, uh, uh, political, you know, uh, geostrategic um, uh, bit of chaos here that's going to then affect the markets. So at the time that we see uh, countries with major fiat, you know, the, um, the euro, the dollar, etc., uh, having real problems in their own internal economy, uh, we're also going to um, see uh, rising strength in the uh, crypto market and uh, uh, other countries that will do an El Salvador and decide they're going to go um, crypto, you know, that they're going to abandon and kill off their federal bank and uh, and just live with it, right? And this is uh, the best thing any country can do is to the elimination of the um, uh, central bank so that you're not under the control of the uh, Kazarian Mafia and the uh, uh, the giant Jewish octopus that runs the whole world. Um, so we'll see, uh, maybe Argentina will do it. Uh, I, I am expecting some African countries to do it as well. Uh, so that we'll see some countries in Africa that say, no, nah, we're done with that shit. You know, um, as a consequence of this, we're going to have this weirdness where U S physical dollars, you know, hundred dollar bills, all of the counterfeits even, uh, but all of these U S physical dollars outside of the country, are going to actually gain um, uh, relative value within the countries they're being used in. Uh, it won't, in my opinion, it's not going to affect the overall um, notional value of the dollar. Uh, so the dollar per se is not going to rise because the dollar, that's really set on all of the digital stuff. Uh, but what's actually happening is that it is the uh, recognizable uh, and emotionally comforting um, uh, U.S. dollar uh, in a physical form uh, that is going to have value. Uh, you know, a lot of the drug dealers use them, you know, that kind of thing. And so, you know, if your local drug dealer is willing to take dollars, you're going to have some uh, faith in, in that currency where they wouldn't take maybe, you know, the local peseta, that sort of thing, right? Anyway, uh, the economics of it all are going to impact all of us as we go forward. We in my opinion, uh, we won't have the um, major continental uh, America uh, dollar uh, debacle, dollar breakdown. We won't have that until uh, after uh, mid-January. There's just conditions that are going to keep uh, intruding on that, and then we'll see some, uh, some big effects after January, probably after mid-January, maybe even into February, it's just going to be kind of spotty as to as to when this occurs. Because again, it's not an, not going to be an economic thing that's going to be driving the um, uh, this next uh, visible downturn, right? It's going to be um, uh, geopolitical, and pretty soon we'll be also able to talk about exo geopolitical, right? Uh, politics on other orbs, 
uh, in our solar system that are going to be impacting us. Okay, guys, I'll, um, I'll make another one of these as I head back out. We've got to do um, all kinds of, I've got to do all kinds of runs into town to pick up material and start uh, talking to uh, people as suppliers, mills, you know, that kind of thing. Um, fortunately for me, I live in an area where we got a lot of wood, and so I can go to mills and I can arrange to buy all the wood for my house in a... Um, for the house extension here as a lump, as a lot. And uh, just do it that way. Save money as well as get a higher quality. Anyway, guys, uh, talk to you later. As I say, I'll do another one of these later.